This is the Ordained Educator Podcast, and I'm your host, Bridget Jackson. For almost three decades, I have lived and loved doing one of the greatest passions on earth, educating. I'm an ordained educator. If you're listening to this podcast, you are destined to do what you're doing too. You are ordained to impact others. Thank you for joining us today. Well, welcome, welcome back, Ordained Educators. We're so very excited to have you with us today. We are in part five of our summer series, Leveling Up Conscious Development, and we're excited. Our topic today is conflicting motivations. How many of you have ever had conflicting motivations? I know I have. And the question I ask you, will you really be motivated? Will you? Well, let's see. If you're listening for the first time, I invite you to listen to each episode because they scaffold and support each other's content. So what are we going to get out of today's episode? Well, sit back, fasten your seatbelt. I'm going to share a different way of looking at motivation, a way that probably you've never been taught before or few people may have because we are taught about motivation in a specific way. It's crucial that we understand motivation because as educators, whether we're a teacher, a leader, or any other support person within the school system, we generally disseminate knowledge how we've been taught. Motivation right now is so very crucial. So this is going to be mind blowing. However, I promise you, it's going to be very simple. Don't miss it. Sit back, fasten your seatbelt, and let's get ready to take off. Thank you to Exponential EduVenture for sponsoring this week's episode. Calling all educators. Do you want to get noticed at work and be valued for what you do? Be the go-to person, the influencer in your area of expertise? Do you desire to have amazing connections with administration and be viewed as the glue that keeps the team together? And finally, do you feel there's a promotion waiting for you, but you need that last push to get noticed? During this podcast series, we are offering a free life coaching session designed exclusively for educators to help you make that happen. Act fast. Go to simplytomorrow.com and use the offer code podcast. All right, let's get back into our topic. Again, today we're talking about motivation. And I think it's a unanimous agreement that we all are going to need motivation for this upcoming season. It's been a rough year and we're not even done. It's predicted that it will not end anytime soon. I'm hearing a lot of chatter out there in the education world, how people are feeling. And when I say the emotions are ranging, they're ranging. That is why understanding our emotional intelligence is so imperative right now. We're experiencing a dastardly pandemic through our emotional world. We're processing through our emotions. If you're new to the podcast, we've previously discussed what the five characteristics of EQ are. And EQ is the abbreviation for emotional intelligence. And they include self-awareness, self-regulation or self-management, empathy, social skills, and motivation. EQ is the ability to self-motivate and have an innate awareness of our feelings and those of others around us. We identify and monitor these emotions as we adeptly influence others through this conscious awareness. Hint, the title of our series, 
conscious development. We want to develop ourselves. Well, as human beings, we are spiritual beings. We live in a body and we operate through our soul. We experience the emotional intelligence within our soul realm, which includes our emotions, our will, our intellect, our imagination, and our memory. So we don't want to forget that. Those are the ways that we deal with the external world. Okay? So today, as we talk about motivation, I want you to keep that in mind. I want you to remember about your emotions, your will, your intellect, your imagination, and your memory. So let me give you a definition of motivation. So motivation is very significant for, again, emotional intelligence. Emotionally intelligent people are motivated by things outside of the extrinsic rewards, such as like money, um, popularity, praise, recognition. Those are sometimes things that people want. Don't get me wrong, but that cannot be the foundation. Those are byproducts when we are truly aware and we are truly developed in what we're trying to strive for. So people with high emotional intelligence, they have fervor. You know, they want to accomplish goals. They have great aspirations. They achieve their inner desires. And how do they do that? They do that because they're action-oriented people. They're committed to completing things and they show a lot of initiative. So think about that for a moment. Would you consider yourself a motivated person? Motivated people are able to overcome obstacles when life sends them their way. And I'm telling you, I know I've had my fair share of obstacles. What about you? Think about that. We all have obstacles that we have to endure. I want you to process that right now. Think about a time that you had an obstacle. What was that obstacle? How did you overcome that obstacle? Or if you had an aspiration, I know I have many. This podcast is one. I shared with you all in my beginning uh, podcast how I wanted to start this podcast in 2009. I had all of my stuff together. I was going to start working on it. And back then, podcasting wasn't as prevalent as it is now. But I didn't do it. I had the motivation. I got started. But something happened along the way. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how, what happens when that fervor or that zeal, you know, changes. What's making that happen? So we want to talk about that. I want you to think about a time that you had something that you truly wanted to do, but it didn't get accomplished. What changed? I'll tell you in a moment. We're going to talk about that of what changed and why this podcast was able to come into fruition. Motivated people want to aspire to do things and they can. They overcome obstacles. And right now we know that life is sending us all types of obstacles. This pandemic is no joke. If you're like me, you've lost loved ones. If you're like me, you've had ups and downs. If you're like me during this pandemic, there's things that have changed in your life in all areas and aspects of your life. But the great thing is COVID does not have to stop anything. That's why it's so key for us to be in tune with our emotional selves during this time. It's vital. It's crucial. It's actually life-saving. On one of the episodes, we talked about uh, the general 
who had literally using his EQ saved his own life. The terrorists who had kidnapped him were really experiencing low EQ, but he had to make sure that his EQ was intact and his EQ saved his life. He was able to have self-regulation and manage his emotions and it saved his life and it's chronicled. So this is true. This is a true story. I promise you. It can literally save our lives as educators right now. So it's very important for us not to flip this off, but to really make sure that we're in tune with who we are. Motivated people are action oriented and they're dedicated to learning and self-improvement. That's key by the fact that you are listening to this episode. Because you're listening to this episode, you are motivated. But that alone is not going to help you. And we're going to dig deeper into that in a moment. Motivated people are emotionally mature and intelligent. They see failure as a means to get to the greater. You know, they take the lessons that come with failure. So I question, have you ever failed? I know I have. And guess what? It was so rewarding. Now, that might seem like an oxymoron. You know, to many people, it would, but it's true. It's imminent. There are going to be some failures in your life. There's going to be things that you fell at, period. There's going to be some failures this school year, and it's okay. The thing about that is, is that you have a drive to move past the failures, to move past the obstacles, to move past everything that would stand in your way to get you the aspirations that you need. And again, you cannot get the aspirations if there's not some things that change in your behavior. So we're going to be talking about that. First and foremost, we need to make a delineation. Behavior and aspirations are two different things. Your aspirations are your goals, if you will. And I'm going to be using the word aspiration instead of goals in this segment because we're going to drill down and talk about aspiration. Well, your behaviors are very, very important. If you're listening to this podcast, you've developed a behavior. You're not like others, I would say. You're determined and you're motivated to make a change and you want to be the change you want to see. Thus, you are changing your behaviors. So one of the things that you're doing is self-improvement, gathering information, drawing on that. Now, Let's apply that knowledge with some practical conversations. Remember I said on the previous podcast, a brain expanded can never return to its original form. Hopefully you're being expanded. So let's act on this knowledge. Remember, our goal is to get to unconscious competence. That's the level where you're not thinking about your thinking. So again, you're not in a metacognitive state, but you are in a state that it just comes automatic. You have automaticity that is happening because you're competent in that area and you're not even thinking about it. The other levels include unconscious incompetence where you might not even know that you don't even know it or you don't care that you don't know it. And then you can have conscious incompetence. You're aware, but you still can't do it. And then there's conscious competence where you're very aware and you're able to do it. But then you have that level where you're not even thinking about it, 
but you're competent in it. That's where we want to get. Dr. B.J. Fogg, in his book, Tiny Habits, talks about motivation in a way that we've never heard motivation used before. I told you the definition of motivation earlier, but now I'm about to shift your mindset. Motivation cannot stand alone. Yes, that's what I said. Motivation fluctuates and can be unreliable if just on its own. You'll understand that in just a moment. Motivated people aspire to accomplish things. So I asked the question, why then can't they obtain the desire they adamantly said that they would do? Let's challenge this idea. Think about a time that you were so motivated, but you gave up. That's because you needed a different way of going about achieving your aspiration. Motivation and willpower alone didn't cut it and it won't cut it. It may have worked at times, but other times it didn't. Why didn't they work, you ask? Well, let me explain. According to Dr. Fogg, tiny habits are not predicated on motivation or willpower. It's all about simplicity. We can use a simple equation. B equals M-A-P. Behavior equals motivation plus ability plus prompt. So your map or your motivation, your ability, and the prompting has to converge at the same time. They have to happen simultaneously. I used to have this beautiful three-legged stool that my principal, my very first principal, when I became a teacher, gave me. It was my second year of teaching. It was cute. It was an inordinate decoration for my desk. So it wasn't a stool that you sit on, but it was a little mini stool, probably about eight inches tall and um, maybe about eight inches wide. And you could set other things on it. The top of the, the stool was the shape of an apple and it was hand carved. It was absolutely beautiful. And it was the shape of an apple and it was red and the legs were red and it was three legged. So I took it everywhere I went. I left the school. My principal, unfortunately, she died of cancer. And so I left that school. I relocated to another city and I took the stool with me with all of my education belongings. Then I became assistant principal. I took my stool with me to that office. And then I became a principal and I took the stool with me to that office. Well, when I left my first school and was headed into my second job, my second principal job, uh, I noticed when I took it out to put it in my office, the leg, one of the legs was broke. Oh, I was devastated because this was a very sentimental gift. This is what I got out of it, though. I tried to prop it up anyways. I kept saying, okay, I'm going to make this work. This is going to sit on my desk. Again, it's a sentimental gift. And I couldn't. I couldn't because it needed all of the legs. Two legs alone wouldn't work. So I want you to picture that in your mind's eye. Me trying to prop up this stool on my desk that only had two legs and it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work because I needed all three legs in order for it to stand. So MAP, M-A-P, motivation, ability, and prompting needs to all stand together. It's a three-legged stool. 
I had been having difficult moments trying to accomplish the things that I wanted to accomplish, these habits that I was trying to institute into my life, and they weren't working, and I was really frustrated. Well, it made sense. I was not adding a prompt in there, or at times I didn't have the ability to do it. And not because I didn't have the ability, because socially and emotionally, I wasn't there. And so there's different reasons. But without having all three, you can't change your behavior. So behavior equals motivation plus ability plus prompts. Does that make sense? That was an aha for me. When I connected that to my habits, oh my God, what a difference maker. It made such a big difference. In 2018, I did a 21-day challenge um, that I was given by a man by the name of Dean Graziosi. Now, Dean is not in the educational arena. He is a uh, business owner, just a phenomenal man, has all types of things, actually became a millionaire when he was in his 20s. Well, I have a lot of people that I listen to that I would say I would even call some of them my mentors or that I've actually paid to coach me in areas so that I can grow in. So not just educational people. I mean, I have people in all types of circles that I try to glean from in their leadership. And so I was trying to change some different things and I wanted to do some different habit changing. Well, Dean did this 21 day challenge and he was asking us to change daily habits by just doing simple things. And some of them worked. Others didn't. They didn't stick. It's two years later and I'm not doing some of those things, but some of them I am doing. And the ones that stuck, that continue to stick. I've noticed it's because I attached a routine to them. At the time, I didn't even know Dr. Fogg. So I didn't know anything about tiny habits, but it made sense. Dr. Fogg suggests a skills of change cycle. In his book, he discusses five different things to help sharpen skills and again, change the cycle for you. One thing that he suggests is behavior crafting. And that's when you're adding to your behavior things naturally. So you're changing habits, but you're doing it in a natural format. That's easy. And again, I was successful when I did behavior crafting. So I crafted my behaviors in a very skilled way. Another thing is self-insight. This is not just being aware, but this is being aware of how you match your added new habits. So do they make sense? Are these the best things for you to do at this point and at this time? And again, how are you matching that to your situation? And speaking of situation, then one of the things that he also suggests is process. So for the process, I'm going to dig deep and drill down into this because I want you to understand this process. I would like for you to write it down or, you know, again, I will list this in the show notes. You can go to the show notes and get this information. But very important, if you're trying to develop a habit, here are seven things to do. Number one, clarify your aspiration. What do you want to do? Number two, explore your behavior options. How is this going to work for you? Make that exploration. And then three, match the specific behavior. So match that behavior with something that's already going on in your life. Again, to a routine. Tiny habits. You want to start tiny. 
So the fourth thing is set a tiny habit. Don't start big. See, that's where we go wrong. We try for these grandiose things and it's small things. Most of you know that I'm a minister. One of my favorite scriptures is, it's the small foxes that destroy the vine. So it's not big things that can destroy. It's small things. Well, that works in reverse. It's not the big things that's going to get you the greatest results. It's those little tiny things that you do daily that's going to get you there. Then find a good prompt. In other words, what prompt will you do? And I'm going to give you an example of that in a moment. Six, celebrate your success. We want to celebrate. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Celebrate often, celebrate small. And then seven, expand on your learning or make iterative changes when you need to. You might have some iterations to it. It might not have worked in this format in this way. So try another iteration. It can work. Adjust. Troubleshoot. Do what you need to do to make that habit happen. Do what you need to do to put those skills in your life. All right. We want to go back to what we were talking about the cycle. So we talked about behavior crafting, self insight, process, and then next context. In what context can you get this habit? In other words, redefine your context, your environment. How are you going to achieve that habit? You got to look at the environment and which is in. And again, I'm going to give you an example in just a minute. And I'm telling you, this is really simple. And then last but not least, mindset. Mindset, change your stinking thinking, period. I just make it that easy. Change your stinking thinking. According to research, did you know that we have, and again, different researchers say different things. So I'm going to give you the range. Anywhere from 30,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day run through our brain. Wow, that's a lot. But out of that, 80% of those thoughts can be negative. So how's your stinking thinking? What is your inner self saying to you right now? Is it saying, "Uh, you can't change yourself. You've never been able to change yourself. Or is it saying some great things? See, this is where flexibility is going to come in. This is where you need self-regulation. So we talked about that. We talked about that as being one of our emotional intelligence, one of the components, being able to regulate. So are you flexible? Are you so stiff that I don't care about change? Mindset is so very important. You might even need to lower your expectation. I know I've had to do that in order to accomplish some of the things that I have been doing lately. For some of you, you may know, some others may not know, but I'm a children's author. I took a sabbatical off of work so that I could write children's books. Well, I had a set schedule for doing some things and then COVID, came in and went whap right in the middle of my expectations, right in the middle of my timeline. Well, guess what I had to do? I had to adjust and I had to be flexible. It's going to happen. Things are going to happen. So make sure you got realistic expectations. So that's what I mean by mindset, not just your thinking, but how flexible you are even with your thinking. All right. We can reframe. I ask you to do that when we do Wild Wednesday. Wild Wednesday was set up for the reason of reframing. How many of you hear people say, oh, it's hump day. Oh, I got to make it through the rest of this week. I've made it through the week. And it's always kind of like on a pessimistic uh, viewpoint or frame or they're thinking, you know, again, just out of let me make it through. It's survival. 
rather than let's reframe this and think, wow, it's midweek. Let me celebrate. It's midweek. Let me be happy. It's midweek. Let me go on the optimistic side. The glass can be half full. It doesn't have to be half empty. It's how you frame it. So mindset is really important. Now that you know the skills of change, I guess the next step is implementation, right? Place it in your life with practice. After all, practice makes perfect. Wouldn't you say? Nope. First of all, no one is perfect. So there's a mind shift. I need you to take that one. Take that mindset change. Nobody is perfect. Not even you. Second of all, practice sharpens your skills, but motivation, ability, and prompting sharpens your saw. So it's going to take all three of those. Don't forget the formula. B equals M-A-P. Recently, I started jogging using the equation B equal M-A-P. And so for anybody that knows me, you have to know, I have not been a health nut most of my life. I was 29 years old and I was doing a five mile walk for my principal. She had cancer and we were doing the cancer walk and I had dedicated, I'm going to walk five miles. Well, I heard told you I was 29. I made it two miles. My husband had to go get the car and bring it up to me because I couldn't walk any further. My chest was hurting. I was hyperventilating. I was exhausted and you name it. A whole gamut. Drove out to the ER. They admitted me for three days. And yes, I was only 29 years old. So I couldn't even walk five miles. Well, I'm double that age. Well, almost double that age. Not quite yet. But I can walk five miles though now. So the difference is I have changed. And so I've been recently using the map technique. And when I say it's a game changer, it's a game changer. It works. What I started doing to get myself from just walking to get myself to jogging. I've never been able to jog. I just told you I couldn't even walk five miles in my 20s. I've never been able to jog since I was in high school. And if I did, I couldn't jog too far. I just didn't have the stamina. And I guess I didn't have the motivation or wherewithal to do it because I believe I could do it. Because if I could do it now, I knew I could do it before. But that ability wasn't there. That mindset wasn't there. The context wasn't there. I wasn't trying. I had no process. I didn't have self-insight. I wasn't self-reflecting. And again, it wasn't a naturally behaved. I wasn't crafting my behavior, if you will. So going back to that skills of change cycle that I talked about, those five different components. Well, I started doing that. And what I do is I walk anywhere from two to four miles. And instead of just walking, I declared that I was going to start jogging. So what I started doing was trying to jog. I couldn't do it. I tried it for weeks. I couldn't do it. I was just like, forget it. I give up. Well, after reading Dr. Fogg's book, I started jogging, but I started jogging intermittently. So what I did was I would start out walking. I would get to a designated spot and I'd say, I'm going to jog from here to there. So I started tiny and it was only 
a, a tenth of a mile when I first started and I made it. But when I made it, what I did was make sure that I celebrated myself. After I started going, I could do even better. So what I started doing was the ABC method. A, anchor the existing routine. So in other words, I attached it to something I was already doing. So I wanted to jog. So I added the jogging into my walking. B is the behavior. What's your tiny new habit? That was jogging. C, celebrate. Celebrate small and frequently. And so what I started doing was I would just do that first walk, get to that spot, jog to my destination and celebrate like crazy. Like I was in a classroom celebrating the children. I celebrated myself the same way. Like I was in a staff meeting celebrating my team, celebrate my staff. I did it the same way. Like I would be at one of my children's events and celebrate. So I did it the same way. The ABC method made it so easy for me. Well, the next time I went out, I jogged from that spot to the next spot, finished walking, then got to a new spot and started a new jog. And this time I was able to jog two tenths of a mile. So now I've worked up to three tenths of a mile intermittently, but at least doing it. And when I say I was out there celebrating, if people were watching me, they would have thought I was a lunatic because I was having a serious celebration. Well, the next time I went out, I did it again. I worked myself up. I was running on the beach and I literally ran from one end of the beach to the other end of the beach, which ended up being 0.5 miles. I was so elated to the point where I've gotten up to now. I can jog a mile. Now, I can't do it straight. I'll stop a little bit, walk, and then continue my jogging. But I'm able to get up to a whole mile. My next destination is to be able to do it and to do it completely without stopping and walking at all. That's coming. But right now, just tiny habits. Remember I told you about the one degree change? Well, that's all I'm doing. So here's a formula to help you with that. Here's the prompt, if you will. Remember I told you, find a good prompt. So here was mine. After I walk 0.1 mile, I will jog 0.1 mile. I will celebrate by clapping and jumping up and down. And that's all I did until I accomplished that goal several times. And then I increased it and increased it. And I will continue to increase it until I achieve that what I want to do. Again, that has become a part of my daily habit. I'm going to list this information in the show notes on how you can get more information on Dr. B.J. Fogg's tiny habits, as well as lift, list that process for you with those seven steps. It's a game changer. So whatever behavior you want to change, you can. Behavior change is a skill. I know this is new knowledge for some people. Some people may not be. So don't forget the skills of change. Those five areas that we spoke about earlier that will help you. Change doesn't come without one or more of those skill sets. And I'll repeat them. Behavior crafting, self-insight, process, context, and mindset. When you do those things, I promise you, you will see some great rewards.
So what do you want to change? I ask. Start tiny. Something that you can add into your existing routine. Remember, when I shared with you about the one degree change, we talked about that flight going from New York City to San Francisco. And if the pilot just changed one degree, just changed the nose of the plane one degree, it would move off a course 63 miles and be in a whole different destination. Just by that one simple one degree. Do you hear me? You know how big a plane is, right? Do you know how small and insignificant or one degree change is? Well, just think about it. If you do that in your life, what can you adjust with one degree and make a major impact in your life? What can you compound? Darren Hardy, one of my other favorite gurus of uh, Compound Effect, his book is Compound Effect. He says it best. He says, you will never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. So what can you add simply to your daily routine to get the accomplishments that you want to get accomplished? I know during this time of this pandemic, of this unprecedented time that we're in, of, I mean, it's, it's so uncertain and we don't know what we're going to do. Right now, while I'm broadcasting this, I've heard changes all across the country. By the next broadcast, it'll probably be more changes. We don't know. But what we do know is we control ourselves. You cannot control the external, but you can control yourself. So let's do that. Let's be great. Change yourself one habit at a time. Oh, let me take that back. One tiny habit at a time. So get with your accountability partner. Check in to see how, how you're doing. Even share the book and the information with them. Then finally, love you for who you are. We're making improvements, but love who you are too as well. Be okay with the great person that you are. All we're doing is trying to add more to it. Now, there's another book out there called uh, Habit Stacking. And my mentor, my coach, another one of my gurus, Eric Thomas, he has a lot of information out there and he talks about habit stacking all the time. Again, it's simple. Be happy in who you are, but also want to change those things that can help you be a high performer. Because as educators, we're going to need it in this season more than ever. And the best person to start on is yourself. So change those tiny habits, smile, laugh, breathe deeply, ponder, self-reflect. Now, what's next? In our last episode of this series, yes, can you believe it? Our next part is part six. We're going to be talking about how we can put all of this information that you've been learning in these five parts together. I'm going to share some practical advice and suggestions on how to improve your emotional intelligence and keep your emotional intelligence high. How simple actions can change, not just for this season during COVID, but can change your life forever. I I would, I think everybody would agree with me. That's something that you want. Yes or yes? Yes. That's something I know I want. Think about how you can just change your life and up level. Think about the people that you'll be able to bless 
Think about the people that you'll be able to motivate, inspire, impact. Think about the outcomes that are going to come. What's the end game? What do you want? It's all in your hands. You have a choice, even in the midst of crisis. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you got anything out of it, please share with others. Write a review on iTunes. Information is in the show notes that you can link on to. Contact me on social media. You know, if you know me, you know by now. I love to socialize. And remember, if you can't reach me on social media, you're welcome to email me at ordainededucator at gmail.com. And I do answer questions, concerns, and comments. I will get back with you properly. I'm your partner in education after all, and I want to help you get through this season of unknown. I want you to be so astute that you're able to take everything in your life and turn it around. If you're interested in finding out more about your super talents, check out the website, simplytomorrow.com for a free tool to help you put that cape on and get the impact out of wearing it. Yes, you are a superhero. Yes, you are mighty. Yes, you are wonderful. You are valuable. You are needed and you are essential. Thanks again for your valuable time. I don't consider it a light thing that you have taken up your time today to listen to this podcast. And as always, coach me and I will learn. Challenge me and I will grow. Believe in me and I will win. You are a winner. I believe in you.